Welcome to Jake and Afraid. I'm your host, four-time Naked and Afraid survivalist, Jake Nodar. Join me as I recap each new Naked and Afraid episode, guest hosted by some of the show's favorite alumni. Each week, we'll recap each episode with a perspective only a survivalist of the show can give. Now let's get naked. Hello and welcome to Jake and Afraid. Today, I am joined by three-time Naked and Afraid survivalist, she just finished 21 days on Naked and Afraid Solo and is now starring in Last One Standing. Chini Plant, thank you for being here, Chini. Hello, Jake. Thank you for asking me to be on. Of course. Of course. How have you been? I've been great, honestly. Like, life has been super good to me ever since I got home from Last One Standing. What was the time span between finishing Naked and Afraid Solo and then going out on Last One Standing? So it was a whopping three months. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. How much weight did you drop during the solo challenge? I think it was 13 pounds, 11 right. or 13. It was something around there. And with three months, it's like to gain 13 pounds back and then to gain an additional amount of weight. Yeah, I didn't start with much for last one standing. That's a roller coaster ride for your body. Oh, yes. I'm still feeling it. <laughs> okay, well, let's dive right in. We had another exciting episode. This is last one standing episode three. It's Africa's most dangerous snakes, and I don't think they're referring to the reptiles. We start out with Jeff and uh, his decision on whether or not to throw Stephen and Sarah's pot and machete in the river. He must have looked at his what would Jesus do bracelet because he chose to leave the items alone, which I thought was very big of him. That was such a big move for him. I'm surprised that uh, <laughs> he took that route. I, I said this in the last episode as well, that I mean, with the group... With exception to Jeff and Stacy, everybody else is kind of sharing items. So even if he had thrown that stuff in the river, I feel like it would have just made everybody even more pissed off at him. And Stephen and Sarah would have been totally fine. Oh, so. yeah. We all would have banded together and we would have made... I mean, those pots are huge. They hold like over a gallon of water. So I was really kind of jealous because I've been out there and you get like one of these ones that holds like 10 tablespoons of water and you're boiling <laughs> water every like seven minutes. So that seven was days. nice to see. Yeah, that's my first time getting that giant pot. And I'm like, where was this when I had my first challenge with four people? Matt, Wes, and Dan are looking for signs of porcupine. Wes spots some quills. They're following the trail of quills. And they end up finding several wildebeest hides. And with your medical condition, you know, this was huge. Dan was excited about it. And I guess they, they talked that you guys would get a whole one. And then Wes and Matt, both being solo out there at this point, would split one. And I mean, I, I know this is jumping ahead to the scene of you seeing it, but how was that, you know, when, when Dan was, walked into the camp with it? Oh, it was such a relief because like, I, so I had this the cramp because when we were building the figure four, I was crouched down for so long that my, like, my diaphragm basically spasmed. So that's why nice. I couldn't breathe. And so like, I just needed a rest and like, I wanted to go help Dan, but I literally, I couldn't move. And so I was like, just go, just go. I was like, I'll be fine. I just need 20 minutes. And I didn't know what they were going to find. Cause like, I don't even, who knows what production is hidden out there for us. And um, I'm glad it was a pelt. Cause like you get another knife, you're like, Oh great. Another knife. But it's like, <laughs> I'm like, it's raining every single night. It's damp. And like Dan and I were cutting grass and we had a grass bed. We basically just slept in like this haystack and we're just, we're sleeping in damp grass. Yikes. So it's only still warm. So when I saw that pelt, I was like, oh, thank 
God. Well, Jeff is out looking for items. Uh, he keeps repeating, I'm so close, which made me feel uncomfortable. He's struggling <laughs> to find any items. Stacy, being proactive about the actual survival side of things, is out looking for an area to set up their camp. She gets the fire going. And is basically doing all the survival necessities for the team, which has seemed like it's been kind of her role for this entire time. Waz is out trying to find all the items before Jeff can, and he finds not one but two sets of the fishing kits. And now all the fishing sets are found. We see another very dramatic river crossing with Stephen and Sarah. Stephen slips a little, but he, he barely makes it. Jeff runs into Stephen and basically tells Stephen that he's amazing and Stephen should be thankful because he found his and Sarah's pot and machete and chose not to throw it in the water, which, you know, Stephen was just like, uh, I'm sure you want me to be happy about this great decision that you've made. But I mean, the fact that you even had that thought, you're kind of a dick. <laughs> it was yeah. like, I don't think it was the response Jeff wanted, but I also think Jeff is a little delusional. Yeah, I don't like, what is he, is he looking for, it's like he needs compliments, he needs affirmation, it's like, is it, like, it's like naked and afraid, like, virtue signaling, it's like, oh, look, I didn't do this, I'm such a good person, and I'm like, well, yeah, like, any normal person, it's like, I don't think Jeff played sports growing up where he learned how to be a good sportsman. <laughs> a team player, yeah. A team player, like, oh, you lost, but you still shook the other person's hand, and like, I don't know, I'm just watching it like, what kind of life did Jeff grow up in to be the way that he is? Like, I just don't understand his thought process. Well, and I, I think his thought process, he's thinking that this is like a really smart move. Like in his head, he's like, oh man, they're going to be like, he is so kind. He is my new favorite. But it's like, that's, I, I feel like you have to be a little bit more on it if you're going to play the mental game than just doing things that are like so obvious that are going to backfire horribly. And I, I feel like that one oh, did. Yeah. Judging by Steven's look, he was like, ew, gross. Yeah. We see Steven and Sarah get to their camp with only a couple hours of daylight left. So they decide to do the cowboy camping number. And we see you back at your camp area getting the fire going. That's when you get the wildebeest hide. I love this because this Dan reminded us all that team Dan and Cheney have the best bodies slash lowest body fat out of all the groups, which is amazing because that happened last week yeah. too. And it's not a lie. I feel like it's a really yeah. nice way of saying well, we're the least fat. Oh yeah. Well, like Dan, his physique is impressive. Yeah. Like seeing him on camera is one thing, but seeing him in person, like I remember just like sitting next to him, like, like you're like a Greek God. Like he's like Hercules. Like, He's so muscular. It's unreal. And like, so it's hard to gain weight when you're muscular. And then, I mean, I just came from my solo. So it's like, yeah, we have the two best bodies. Cause like, we literally were so busy and active in our lives. And like, we just, we just can't put it on. I never noticed Dan's calves prior to this episode. Gigantic. They're insane. I've, I've named them Mary Kate and Ashley. They're just like, <laughs> <That's perfect. laughs> they're, they're huge. So shout out to Dan's calves. Good work, Dan. Good work, Dan. Keep up the good work. <laughs> that evening, storms are a brewing. We hear thunder in the distance. Storms are also a brewing between Sarah and Stephen. They're just laying there, and there must have been something that led up to this point because there is clearly some tension between the two of them. And, oh, yeah. you know, Sarah just wants to put up some palm fronds. 
to have a little bit of rainproofing above them. You know, I don't think it would take terribly long to do. <laughs> Steven says, it's not going to rain. It's not his first rodeo and that she should quit putting out bad vibes. I wish that was the secret to survival. Just putting vibes out there. to. <laughs> I was like, I wish I knew that in my solo. I'm like, good vibes for warm weather. Like, and no, I'm not like just trying to poke at Steven. Like, no offense to him. But what was it? Day eight or nine? Like, that was not the first time it rained. It rained day one, day two. I mean, it rained so much out there. Like, you could hear the thunder and it was immediate, like, PTSD. Like, mm. you just had this, you just, you just, your heart just sunk. You're like, no, not again. Because just the way that, that gorge was shaped, weather rolled in constantly and you just watched it come barreling at you. Like, this Yikes. dark cloud. I mean, the most intense thunder and lightning storms I have ever seen in my life that were literally right over top of us like i'm like it was exciting to say the least so i yeah like the whole shelter thing with everybody that's one thing that i just could not fathom when i was out there i was like it's not like it's been nice the entire time we've been out here and i get it we're moving every seven days but we're also out here for 45 days so if we use that excuse of well we're moving soon i'm like yeah well well, we're still going to be in this gorge the entire time and the weather yeah. sucks and it's like we saw that with when and amber yeah that's the rule of survival is like you have to maintain your body temperature and if you don't have a shelter and a good fire like it's gonna be a little more difficult it's, it's cold and rain equals hypothermia it's not rocket science i mean it's like no, it's even not. you know even if you're not gonna do like an all-out shelter just something to keep the rain off you or at least yeah, yeah. slow the rain down from drenching you seems well worth it but Steven has been like really kind of just like calm and level headed so far in this this season. So I feel like that was definitely a little out of character for him. There must have been something else going on. But regardless, as soon as they had this exchange of words, the rain just started pouring down, which was so fantastic. I know that just made it so much better. He was like, just have good vibes. And then boom, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, Dude. And that was one of like one of the worst nights for sure. Well, I, I think the. Temps plummeted to 44 degrees that night. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, rain and 44 degree temperatures, that's awful. That's, that's, oh, it like... was just, it was so unforgiving. Day eight, the morning starts with Jeff and Stacy. Jeff is clearly not listening to anything his partner has to say. I mean, I am feeling for Stacy every time I see her. I know. It's, it's just, it's, it's awful. Like, you know, you can, you can see it in her face at this point. And the thing that's amazing to me is Jeff is not, registering any of that like i i'm i'm fairly perceptive like not the most perceptive person but if somebody that i'm spending every day and night with is like a little off i'm gonna know it instantly mm-hmm. and you know she looks like she wants to kill somebody and he's just like oh okay it's just he's oblivious so, so oblivious and he's like oh i got this high i'll just sleep under it i'm like well wet leather doesn't do you any good so that's yeah. gonna be a good shelter for one night and then it's like he can't get it through his head. Dude, there's a challenge. Like, we just had a figure four deadfall challenge. These are what we're doing to see who's the best and who's going to be the last one standing. Like, it's not how many things have you acquired. Right. That's not what it's about. But he just could not get that into his head where we're like, Jeff, it doesn't matter if you have every knife, dude. Like, that's not going to make you the last one standing. I, I can't even imagine. I feel like he thinks it's last one standing with the most knives. I, I guess, and he thought that for a long time. 
We see Stephen and Sarah's camp that Stephen has changed his tune a bit and is helping Sarah with the shelter, which I was happy to see. Because like you said, I mean, I didn't realize as a viewer how frequent the rain had been. But even if there's a chance of it every couple days, you know, it's, it's it seems like a really worthwhile investment when you're out oh, there. Yeah, it definitely is. Like, you're never upset. After you build a shelter and it rains, you're like, oh, thank God. Because it's yeah. like, nights are long anyway. Like, why would you want to make it longer for yourself? Matt is out on a hunt. He says, flies are landing on me. I'm so still. Which I thought was like the most bizarre line that I've heard in a while. It made me laugh. Yeah. I mean, that flies land on me all the time. I know. You every time one, <laughs> every time one lands on me now, I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, I must be so still. <laughs> he is stalking some Impala. He shoots and misses. Uh, granted, the wind was quite high. He just did not have success on day eight. Dan and Wes are out looking for more of the items. Two of the caches remain. Jeff and Stacy are out looking for items. They run into Matt. Matt wants to bathe to get rid of his stinks so he can go out hunting and not have the animals detect him. And he doesn't want to leave his items on the rocks because he's worried that Jeff will snag him and run away, which that's where it's like the difference in normal naked and afraid. The fact that your brain even has to think like that during an already challenging challenge is, yeah, it's nuts. I I don't know how you did it. Well, yeah, that was like a thing we learned pretty quickly is like, we can't leave anything anywhere. And then, yes, you're basically like everything was always in your person on your bag because you like Jeff could just come from somewhere and just grab it. And it's like, well, that would suck. Jeff brings up the idea to Stacy about snagging the bow. For one, I feel like Matt has got his eye on the bow enough where it's just a dumb idea anyway. But Stacy's like, like yeah, you're crazy. Oh, yeah. And Stacey, I mean, I love Stacey. She is like one of my new favorite friends for sure. Yeah. And it's like if Jeff had just listened to her more, they probably would have fared a little bit better while they were out there as a team. But like, and yeah, like Matt, that thing is not going to be any more than arm's reach away yeah. at any point in yeah. time. Yeah. Like, he's not going to set it. It's like not going to be 30 feet away from him while Jeff is literally right there. And, uh, you know, but part of me is like, you know what? I wish Jeff had the balls to go over there and take it because I would have loved to see that oh that unfold yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and i had i had no idea that that ever even happened so like i'm watching this going like because i knew about this the pot thing with sarah and steven i didn't know about jeff doing that with the bow or anything like that so like there's a lot of stuff like obviously i didn't see everything when i was out there i was too busy you know surviving right priorities we see jeff uh, talking with stacy and now he's talking about basically sending Stacy into Waz's camp to try to uh, trade one of their many knives for a couple of hooks and fishing line. And this was great because I guess Waz's little camp was like about 20 feet from where they were having this discussion. And, you know, Jeff is basically like, you know, everybody hates me. You're much more likable. You go do it. And then they oh, turn around perfect. to walk like in his direction, and they're basically in his camp already. And he's like, "Hey, no, that was golden when I when that happened. I was like, oh, that's just perfect. I'm so glad that." And then Waz calls him out on it. I'm like, that's even better. Yes, yeah, Waz had a big old grin on him, and he was like, "Uh huh." But Waz does agree to loan Jeff and Stacy some hooks and fishing line, 
And in exchange, Jeff gifts Waz one of the knives with no expectations or any strings attached, which, you know, I think Stacy was kind of shocked by that. But I mean, that's yeah. that's more I feel like how you need to play the game as opposed to just trying to hoard all the knives. Yeah, and that was good on Waz too. Like, it's hard to be the bigger man sometimes. But I mean, it's like just good on him because like Waz is, I mean, you know this, he's a great guy anyway. Yeah. Like Waz and I, we, we, you know, became good friends from all of this. And uh, Waz is, I mean, it's his heart's as big as he is. Like he's a good dude. Yeah. And yeah, it just, it says, just speaks volumes about him. Just because he knows how Jeff is and he's still, you know, in good faith, lent him the stuff and it's like Jeff could keep it. Yeah, I thought it was big of him. And I also feel like with the way Waz's brain works, he had already thought through this scenario probably like 20 times. And day nine, we start with Stacy wanting to look for items. And every day up until this point, Jeff takes the map out and goes exploring and goes looking for items while Stacy stays back and does all the actual survival stuff. And Stacy was basically like, hey, do you need the map today? Because I really want to go looking for items. And he was like, yeah, I need it. And I was like, uh, gross. He wants the control. He wants that thing to hold on to. Yeah, it's it's crazy because it's not a partnership at all. Like, it's just him doing whatever he wants, feeling like he's this much more valuable player. And you know, Stacy brings so much to the table. Oh, yeah. I have to give her credit because at this point, if I was her, I would be the biggest bitch in the world. Like, I I can only hold back so long before that side of me comes out but she says whatever i'm gonna go you know she kind of looked at the map she has a sense of where things are and she goes out and tries to look for some items she locates some of the porcupine quills she tracks them starts losing the trail then she gets back on it and she finds a folding saw which i was i was so happy for her you could see like the light like reignited inside of her and i was i was so happy for stacy I mean, and it just it's, makes it that much better that she found it without Jeff's help and without the map. Yep. And, like, Jeff is struggling still the whole time. And, like, he's trying to take charge and he wants to do it this way. And then he ends up getting lost and doing things wrong and having absolutely no clue. And Stacey, I mean, she's smart. And she's just sitting back there like, mm-hmm, okay. And it's like, I've been in her position before where it's like, okay, you have this guy that like doesn't want to listen to you because you're a woman. You're like, all right, dude, whatever. Like you do your thing, fall flat on your face. And then I'm going to come in and then I'm show you how it's it. done. <laughs> yeah, it's done, baby. Yeah. And, and so I was like, hell yeah, Stacy, you go girl. It was just nice to see a, a smile back on her face. It was empowering. And, you know, I hate that that was kind of taken away from her at all because she is, she's great out there. You know, I feel like oh, she's, she's, awesome. she's such a perfect mix of being level-headed, knowledgeable, Good skill set. Yeah. And Jeff's reaction, I don't know if we're jumping ahead, but when she came back, <laughs> I was so disappointed in his reaction. I'm like, you can't be happy for your partner. Yeah. You just scored you guys literally the best survival tool out there. Those saws are better than a chainsaw. They're unreal. And she did it like without a map, without anything. And like those quills, because I I helped those guys go out and look at that stuff too. They just never showed me out there like helping them. Like that's hard. Like it's a grassland and you have this zebra striped quill that's supposed to blend in with the grass like mm-hmm. it's it took us days to find some of that stuff with these quills like it's it's not and those game trails are they're interweaving they're everywhere and you're like holy shit it's tough to find 
those tools. Yeah, and and she did it beautifully. And yeah, he was he seemed genuinely surprised by her success. Like, wait, what? Anybody else, any of the other teams, you know, would have celebrated the other person much more than that. But whatever. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Stacy benefited from it. it. It was definitely a boost for her self esteem, and I was happy for that. So Dan and Waz team up to look for. I think it's one last survival item remaining. And Jeff is out doing the same and it's kind of the race. Who's going to get it first Waz ends up finding it under this hole under a large rock Waz is too big for the hole. So he has Dan go deep inside the hole to retrieve the item and they secure yet another knife, another survival knife. No, they kept just pulling out these little survival knives and I'm like, is there anything else? But I mean, it was nice to see. And that like, I'm really happy that Waz did give us that because that came in hand. Like when we did finally start catching fish, it was so easy to clean it because that machete, like, like it got dull pretty quickly. And um, I mean, yeah, filleting a small fish with a dull machete, it's you might as well just eat the fish whole. Matt is ready for another hunt. He uses some charcoal from his fire uh, for camo, makes a gorgeous smoky eye and heads out. He gets insanely close to some Impala. I mean, they have this faraway shot, and he's, I mean... He's on them. He's on them. He is, he is on them. He has stalked them beautifully, because it's not like there's a whole ton of cover. I mean, he you know took his time working his way up there. Now, at the same time, Dan and Wes had decided to go out fishing. They located the gigantic fish on the map, and were like, here's where we need to go, because that's where the fish are. And they went, and they were... Uh, successful they got several fish and you know of course there is celebrating when they caught the fish which looks like it then spooked the impala and ruined matt's hunt which matt was not thrilled about but that's that's the thing when you've got all these different participants in the same area as neighbors like it makes things a little bit more challenging yeah and it just falls down to like a lack of communication as far as being like, hey, I'm going to go out hunting. Can you fish later? Yeah. Just coming up with, I mean, because that's like besides the river, that's the only other water source around. And it's like, it makes sense for the animals to go to this watering hole mm-hmm. where they can actually like look around. Because like anything along that river was so thick mm. that um, the animals aren't really going down there. But I mean, it all gets worked out eventually, but I can understand his frustration, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it's like when you're in a relationship and you're not getting along with your partner. It's like, well, it's probably because there's a lack of communication. So communication fixes everything. I got to hand it to Matt, though. Like, he put in his time out there. Yeah. He did a lot. And, like, he he's a selfless man. Like, he goes out early. He stays out late. And he puts in the time. And he he wants to feed people. Yeah. And that's what I love about Matt is, like, he – and he, he he will give you his last bite of food. I've seen him do it. And like, he's a good guy. Well, it was it was a bummer to see uh, it get that close and have it, have it ruined. We do see you and Dan having a couple of nice size fish for dinner. Oh yeah. That, that bass was good. It was, was it, it was a bass in what was, was it a tilapia or what was your other one? Yeah, it yeah. was a tilapia. Yeah. I think that was the majority of what was in that pond that we caught. And yeah. like that bass actually had, and um, had eggs in it. Oh, wow. Yum. So that was a nice treat. I mean, when he brought it back, I was like, holy shit. Like, it was a it was a big fish. Yeah, it looked, looked like a nice size one. Did you 
cook potatoes with it and have like a whole meal or were you out of potatoes at this point? We might have been out of potatoes at this point because we kept looking for them. We knew what to look for. But honestly, those potatoes were awful. Oh, uh, were they really? They were so bad. It was like when I saw them, I was like, yay. And then like when you started eating them, they were like a water chestnut. They just had no, like you know, like a potato has that just like that good mouthfeel. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's pleasant. It's enjoyable. That's why it's a comfort food. This was an uncomfort food. It was, <laughs> It was so, I mean, we, we tried cutting it thin to make like crispy chips and we cooked it every way we could think of. And I was like, man, these suck. Like when we did run out of potatoes, I was kind of happy about it. <laughs> it was a blessing. <laughs> it was a blessing. Yeah. I was like, good, get these effing potatoes out of here. Well, we see you guys enjoying your fish and then we see Wes at his camp enjoying a fish himself. And then we see Matt all by himself in his camp and... I mean, you can hear you guys having a great campfire meal in the background, like laughing and carrying on. And there's you know, there's Matt, and he's upset that nobody is sharing a fish happy. with him. And I felt so bad because, like, I don't know these things. Like, I wasn't at the pond. I don't know who's, like, I'm probably, I don't know what I was doing, collecting firewood or improving on the shelter, doing something, boiling water, looking for an item. But it's like, I'm not there. I don't know what happens. And um, I don't know who else is fishing. I don't know how many fish get caught. All I know is people come home with fish. And I'm very happy to see it. So it's like, I'm watching it and I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I had no idea. Like, I almost wanted to call Matt and be like, dude, I'm so sorry. It's a new challenge too. So you don't really know the layout. You haven't ever watched this play out before. So you don't know what, I feel like for me, as long as you're sharing with your immediate partner, that's, you know. I mean, granted, it's yeah. different if it's a 400-pound kill or something like that, but mm-hmm. I feel yeah, like... Yeah, when it's a fish that's the size of, like, you know, a friggin' chicken nugget or something, it's like, yeah, we can all have a little bit. And there were times where, like, we would catch some fish, and they'd be small, you know? Mm-hmm. Probably as big around as um, an Altoids can. And it's like, I was like, people would want to share it. And I'm like, just, you caught that little, like, just keep the fish. Yeah. Like, I don't want the fish. It's... You have two bites instead of one. I'll go fishing tomorrow or later today. I'll catch a fish. Like, just eat your fish. Yeah, it's all new territory. I feel like in if they do this in seasons to come, I mean, you guys are kind of the trailblazers for this one, kind of figuring it yeah, all. Yeah, God help the future. <laughs> <laughs> do as we say, not as we do. That night, the rain moves back in. Day 10 starts with Dan and Wes. Uh, they go out to try to find that one last item. And Dan ends up finding an axe, which was nice that was so, to see something nice other than a nice, knife. Something different, but I was laughing because like they find it and they pull it out and just the way it's wrapped in that canvas, I'm like, oh gee, I wonder what this could be. <laughs> yeah, that's always, it's like Christmas when you get that super obvious, it's like a wiffle ball bat with like the ball on top and you know exactly what yeah. it is. It didn't really exactly leave. what you got. Yeah. No, it, that axe was great. That was such a good addition. Matt is back out hunting. And Gary is as well. Again, I guess it's a lack of communication thing at this point where they just, they didn't know Matt is, is kind of tracking this herd of Impala. And I guess Gary comes around the corner or something. The Impala end up running away. And I guess Mm -hmm. this is the third hunt that has not turned out in Matt's favor, which has got to be a bit discouraging. Yeah. And like, I was laughing too, because Gary's like, oh. They know I'm here. The hunt's on. And I'm like, that's one thing that like makes me chuckle with Naked and Afraid is the whole bow and arrow situation. Because people, like, they just want to kill something. And it's like, 
if you're not a seasoned bow hunter, you don't have any business bow hunting in Africa. You don't see me out there with the bow. I'm like, okay, we have two bows that are 45 pound, two bows that are 35 pound draw. I'm like, yeah, I can shoot my backyard. But I'm like, I have no business going out there and hunting because I'm not going to be successful. Matt will be successful. So I'm not going to go out there. If he wants me to push, I'll talk to Matt and we can figure out a plan. I can push to him or something. If you can push African animals. But it's just like, let the person who knows how to do it, do it. We see Jeff trying his hand at fishing. And he is successful with, I'm not sure what it was. It was a smaller, smaller fish. But in typical Jeff fashion, he is very enthused. And he reminds us, yes, he reminds (laughs) us that this is what he lives for. Always. Oh, my God. I'd rather pay my taxes twice a year than hear that line one more time. This is what I live for. (laughs) What I live for. I use it with everything. Like my favorite ice cream joint just opened. And I'm like, this is what I live for. I can't wait to go get some coffee ice cream. Just everything. Like my garlic is, I'm going to have garlic scape soon. I'm like, this is what I live for. I just, (laughs) I don't, it's just, I hate it, but it's so funny. Stacy is working on her shelter and runs into Waz. She vents about her partner, which I feel like you need a therapist at that point. Oh, yeah. Waz keeps on referring to checkers and 3D chess. He's made this reference several times where he's like, he's playing checkers. I'm playing 3D chess. I feel like I might have to call Waz because 3D isn't all chess 3D. What if you're playing on the computer? Isn't it 2D? That would be 2D, but like any like normal, like if you're playing an actual, like yeah. the game of chess, like on a board, that's 3D, right? It is 3D. I mean, yeah, do you, I agree with you. Do you wear 3D glasses? I mean, that would probably make the game a little more interesting. I don't know. But yeah, 3D chess, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it's a good point. I'm like, I should look up what 2D chess is so I have a reference, but. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't it, even think Jeff is, or Jeff's playing checkers. Like, he's playing some game that has nothing to do with anything. Like, shoots and ladders are Hungry Hungry Hippo. <laughs> yes. I think it's Hungry Hungry Hippos because he's just grabbing. He's just trying to get it all as fast as he can. And it's like, Jeff, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Waz, if you're listening, please let us know what 3D chess is all about. I'm very eager to find out. Waz and Gary are talking about going and speaking to Stacy again and basically letting Stacy know how everyone feels about Jeff, which honestly, I, I mean, Stacy's a bright woman. She knows how everybody feels about Jeff. Like she doesn't need people telling oh, her, yeah. but you know, they're playing the game and they think, you know, maybe if they give her a little support, uh, basically be like, you know, if you're going to tap, you know, do it soon and take them down with you. Which, you know, I feel like she's fully aware of her power at this point with that situation, but it always helps to get a little nudge. But then I'm like, do you think she's like offended that these other people are now like, you should tap? Well, honestly, like, yeah, the weather out there was so bad. Like, if anybody out there, like, even Gwen and Amber going home early, I was like, oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's so miserable out here. I'm like, I'm so jealous. I don't know. Like, it's a tough spot, you know, because like Stacy wants to be out there. I'm like, you don't put your life on hold and travel halfway around the world to get paired up with Jeff. I mean, because no, we don't know what our partners are until we literally walk around the corner to our bags. And like, I was super stoked to see Dan. And then, because in my mind, I was like, do not pair me with Jeff. I'm like, good God, please, like anybody but Jeff. And I was like, I hit the jackpot with Dan for sure. But I felt for Stacy so bad. And like, 
I knew she was it was bad, but like now that I'm watching the episodes and stuff like that, I'm like, I wish I knew. I would have like gone to Stacy's camp more often. I would have taken her out of there. I would have like I would have helped her. Like, let me help you gather firewood. Let me help you build your shelter. Because clearly your partner doesn't give a shit about any of these things. And like, you poor woman. Matt is creeping on some snakes having sexual intercourse. They are. Yeah, how dare you? I know. I was like, well, what a creep. Can you imagine? I'm like, at least let me finish. Yeah. Well, they're very, (laughs) very deadly vine snakes. And there is no anti-venom for them. And on top of that, they're in a poisonous tree. Dun, dun, dun. I was like, this is a lot of poison happening. Matt decides he's going to go find resident snake expert Stephen Lee Hall Jr. And they're going to tackle this together. Stephen arrives on the scene. Shortly thereafter, Waz, Dan, and yourself join the snake party. And it seems like the snakes seem to get pretty uncomfortable with a large crowd of people watching them do it. So they separate and make a run for it. And Matt shoots one. And then I guess Steven throws a rock at it, knocks it out of the tree. Yeah, it ended up getting like, because once he shot it, it like, you know, did its typical snake twirly thing. And it just got like caught up in there. And I mean, I don't know. It was just cool to see. Like I never, I mean, Matt, like he got on the first shot. I was like, damn, that's impressive. Like, one, I don't give a shit about a snake. I don't want to eat a snake. I've eaten snakes. There's not enough meat on them. And they're not, they're good, but it's like, uh, I was just there for the entertainment factor, I guess. Because it's like, well, something's going on. And I'm like, there's really not much else going on right now. And I'm bored. So I'm going to go watch him shoot this snake. And they shoot it. And I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> I'm going to go do something else now. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it was, a, and it was a thin, thin snake. And like, I don't think that was even a thought in anybody's mind. Like, oh, I wonder if Matt's going to share a snake. I don't. I didn't think that. I can't speak for anybody else, but... Now, I have to ask you, because a little later we see Matt and Steven sharing the snake, and you know, Matt shows him how you, you know, fry him up in his own fat. And I was kind of curious, because now Matt is sharing with Steven, but Steven is not sharing with his partner. And I don't know if this is something that comes up or if it's just a non-issue, but I wonder if Steven said anything to Sarah or if Sarah is just finding out watching the episode and she's like, that bitch. I wouldn't be surprised if she found out during the episode because, like, I didn't know. There was no talk about Matt. Like, Matt and Steven, like, they never said a word that they shared the snake together because I never heard anything. And, I mean, those two have a, they've got a long history together. They're buddies. They've been on the show a bazillion times. You know, they have, like, what, 300 days together or something insane? I don't know. It's just, the whole thing was, like, it was weird. It's like, okay, you got this skinny little snake, and it's like, is he building an alliance with Steven? Is he trying to turn Steven? I don't know. Like, it was weird. The whole interaction between the two of them and that snake was just weird to watch. It was interesting because when he first got the two bows, Matt, you know, went to Jeff and was like, I'm giving it to Steven. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And now it makes sense because they have done so much together because it seemed like such a random selection at the time, Mm -hmm. you know, where he was like, out of everybody here, he's like, I'm going to choose Steven to get the bow. But that makes makes sense. They do have have quite the history on this show together. We see Gary and Stacy having a talk and... Gary just basically tells Stacy Jeff is terrible and Stacy is like I know I literally live with him and they just talk about if if she taps Jeff has to go home somehow Gary ends up making it like his idea and he was like this is how you play the game and I was like well you just told Stacy something she knows already but you know he was there for moral support which was great day 11 
Stacy starts the day by calling Jeff an ego uh, maniacal narcissist. And I just think that is great. A, that uh, I love it. she kid. has that kind of language first thing in the morning. I'm impressed by. <laughs> I know, especially with such little sleep. Yes. Like I just turn two words together sometimes and she's pulling out the, like the full dictionary. Yeah, no, she never ceases to amaze me. And she basically calls Jeff out on everything that I feel like she's been harboring for quite some time now. She says that she's very close to tapping. And basically tells him that she feels like he's been in control of their whole situation. And she's like, that's not the case anymore, bitch. She was like, I'll take us both out. Jeff, uh, Jeff responds and he's like, wow. It was so weird. I just, I, I, I don't understand. Yeah, his, reaction was, his reaction to everything, he's just like, I'm like, where have you like, been this entire challenge? He's like, what? What? I'm like... What do you mean, what? I'm like, are you paying attention? But he's so, I think he's like in his mind, he's just thinking about finding the next item (laughs) or how he can steal something that he's not paying attention to his surroundings whatsoever. And I just, I don't know. It's just, I'm always just in awe just watching him. Yeah, his his reaction was pretty amazing. Yeah, he, he was just apparently clueless as to any of this stuff. Probably never even crossed his mind that she would do that. That's where we leave off, and it made me very excited because I want Stacy to have some power in this situation, and I'm very jealous that you know how this all plays out, but I do not, and we are going to tune in to, to find out how this all all plays oh, out. I'm, I'm excited. You should be. like, It's going to be a wild ride to the very last episode. I am fully, fully invested. And I know there's some people that are confused. It is not on Discovery Plus, I believe, until after the season finishes. Yeah, then they're going to release it all. So I've been watching it on YouTube TV. If you don't have cable, you can get YouTube TV discoveries on that. That is how both Cheney and I watch it. And yeah. until until it's on Discovery Plus, you can you can check it out on Discovery Channel. It'll be out in July on Discovery Plus. Uchini, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. This was fun. I'm glad that uh, I got to be on. It's like a dream come true. Oh, well, it's a dream for me as well. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And be sure to send any questions about the show to questions at jakeandafraid.com. Join me next week for an all-new episode of Jake and Afraid. Until then, have a blessed week.